Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. In by Kulisevsky. Welcome, listeners, to The Extra Inch. My name's Wendy, and I'm joined by my sidekick and best friend, Barty. Hello, Barty. Hello, Wendy. And our tactics guy, and a man who um, went through a major life event this weekend. It's Nathan Lee Clark. Hello, Nathan. That's me. Um, thank you, as ever, for the emails and questions. We've had lots this week, particularly post-match. Um, notable emails from Alec Dekrinsky, who emails us so often, and they're always very thoughtful, and we appreciate Alec. I'm James Sullivan and Ivan Victor. Appreciate all of you. We will start off with the Leicester game because we have to talk about it. For no other reason other than we have to talk about it because it's the Spurs podcast and this is what we do. I would rather just skip past it altogether. Uh, but when the lineup was announced and Pedro Porro, our new star signing, our much needed right wing back, was in the lineup, I think quite a few fans got overexcited about this one. Uh, how did you feel, Bardi, about the the match going into it and the lineup? I was curious. I've been I've been on the kind of try Fraser Forster train for quite some time, so I was curious mm. to see Fraser Forster play. Um, but then I instantly started to get nervous when I saw Davies, Dyer, Tanganga. But then I was equally excited at seeing Pedro Porro play. So I was I was a mix of emotions. I was happy. I was worried. I was excited. It was. I was all of them, and <laughs> now I'm just one emotion, which is utterly dejected. Mm, so yeah, it was. Yeah, it's 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 strange to be before kickoff to be wildly excited, but also really worried. And um, yeah, when we went one nil up, I was like, "What are you worried about? It's all all right. We we'll get through it." And then <laughs> yeah, then it wasn't. <laughs> then it wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> um, I was. My my girlfriend is very sweetly showing an interest in in spurs and she says it's not like she's trying to impress me she's actually quite enjoying like getting to know something she knows nothing about um and uh, we shared a few texts uh, around the game and i was like yeah our new signings playing and uh i think she expected me to be more excited than i was i because i thought we were going to lose this uh I my my takeaway from the Man City game was that the the match the, the tactical matchup suited us. It suited us to be on the back foot. It suited us to have no expectations. It suited us to play counter attacking. But I fully expected when we had to take a bit more um, ownership of a match that we would just slump back to where we'd been in the previous few weeks. And I will admit that, like you, buddy, when we scored the opening goal, I was thinking maybe I was wrong. Maybe maybe, maybe this is all going to be fine. And then it didn't take long for it to very much not be fine. Um, Nathan, uh, I don't think any of us could have predicted that we'd lose 4-1 to Leicester. Uh, no, I mean, I was I was feeling fairly good. Obviously, the City performance got hopes up a bit, quite a bit. 
um i was definitely excited to see pedro Porri. like and, and that's as someone who like has has been banging on about his flaws mm. <laughs> the whole time right? you have indeed but i um i was excited for him i thought okay this could be really really interesting i'm really excited to see like how he how he transitions to premier league football um like look have a look at his his sort of final third strengths um and, and what that does to us as a team is we talked about how you know if a team has to defend the entire width of the pitch finally does that open up more spaces in in other mm. areas and and things like that so i was excited going into this game because Poro was starting um i guess also i wasn't shocked by the performance because that's the season that we're having yeah very i mean much it's so. it's a complicated fixture to put him in too because leicester versus tottenham away at leicester is a wild fixture there's been some <laughs> it's it's it rains goals it's it's you know for a neutral it's a good game mm. to watch so perhaps perhaps Roy, royale would have been a better start but i i just do think there was something what you said windy which was which was spot on that the way city played suited us and then all of a sudden we come into this game and we try and play that kind of front foot defending with um dyer attempting to re- replicate what he did so effectively against city but then with yeah. two centre backs either side of him who hadn't read the script and were doing something totally different and I, I think I think you need you need well obviously all three centre backs need to be on the same wavelength and they weren't at all and that's I put a little tweet out just doing some arrows and it was just there was so much space between them they were doing totally the opposite and it just just ruined us yeah we are we are so far from compact this season um we're a defensive shambles at the moment, and it's really surprising that Conte's allowed that to happen. You know, historically, a manager who builds from a defence forward, he, he is someone who wants a tight defence above anything else, and then everything else follows. We are a defensive shambles throughout the team. We, there's no compactness. The spaces between the lines are far too big. We're caught between pressing and dropping off constantly, match to match, and that was definitely the case here. You know, the, the goal that concerned me the most was the one where Iheanacho sized up Dyer and just shifted it and and passed into the corner because it was literally just a long ball forward from the back um, and, and found him in space. It was like no pressure on the ball, just chipped it forward and suddenly Iheanacho is essentially one, one against one against Eric Dyer, who at the best of times can be flat-footed. Um, there, there were some major concerns about how we're being set up to defend and then also the individual defensive performances as well. Um, Philip Darbacy says, will Conte ever play Porro again? Hmm. Uh, he had a, a torrid debut. Um, I mean, Bardi's pointed out that it was a tough game for him to come into. Uh, and I think there's also a sort of, he's coming into a team that's not playing well issue. But Nathan, anything else you noticed? No, this is kind of, this is kind of the the risk with Porro. This is kind of the gamble yeah. that you take with him as a player. So, like, he's an exceptional, exceptional player in the final third, and everywhere else, he's 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 um, he's way too risky, and that's what we saw. He lost the ball many times. He showed poor defensive uh, awareness, poor defensive reading, um, slow to get back on multiple occasions, mm-hmm. um, really poor one-on-one defending. All of which um, I think is like kind of okay because he's an attacking wing back and if that's your plan going into the game and you're a team yeah. who want to dominate the game then that's the risk that you take i'm not i'm not blaming the game on poro um i'm just saying like yeah i guess it's not shocking that he hasn't sort of fixed the other problems for which that that that's not his game and mm-hmm. you know we talked a lot about 
um about Jed Spence he had his debut in league on he's now played again and like they share a lot of the same downsides these two players um Poro is better in as, as an attacker better in the final third more rounded more dynamic um but in terms of the 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 strengths to weaknesses balances and in terms of the variety of weaknesses they're really quite similar so um <laughs> for these kinds of performances we could have been playing Jet Spence is kind of what I'm getting at, right? Yeah, yeah. Um I sure hope that 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 he remains a hypocrite though. I sure hope that um despite that me believing that's the case, we still see Poro play and we, he just doesn't get locked away forever now after after a bad debut because again I think he has a huge, huge upside. Mm. Um I just think it's very silly to be in the situation where really the difference um defensively between Poro and Spence is that Poro cost 45 million euros. I, mean, I don't think I don't think it was Poro's fault this result. He didn't he didn't have the greatest debut but it, it was all right. I do think the the issues there is is the back line. They were they were they were they were caught in a strange place and Dyer Dyer when he's when he's isolated and he doesn't have Romero or someone aggressive outside helping him out he, he looks bad the first the the goal um the Madison goal he he gets caught out of position Spurs try a traditional um automation into Kane Kane lays it off but he Kane got tackled nicely and Dyer is so far in front of their central striker it, it's just I don't know what he was doing there and then on the second goal he's so deep that a long ball over the top leaves him isolated against Ian Nacho, who's put on a good run of form, and he's, I think he's keeping Vardy out of the team. And it, it was just wild from Dyer, and I'm not sure I'm not sure what he was doing. Yeah, he, it, he it was, was just one. It was a, it was a, a classic Dyer performance. He in that in that goal, he was trying to create an angle to receive a pass, yeah. and, and was so focused on build-up play that he neglected his defensive duties. And, and what you said earlier, Vardy, I think was right that he was essentially thinking about how he played against Man City, given more license to step into midfield and create angles. Yeah. Uh, and in this occasion, unfortunately, Davis played a poor ball into Kane, which he couldn't meet before the defender. And it came straight back at us and we were exposed. And it looked awful. You know, Tanganga covered around as quickly as, as he possibly could, but that he was left two on one. So what are you going to do in the box when you've got two against yeah. one? And Iheanacho chose the right option. Um, very, very frustrating to watch. So three of Leicester's four goals, the first three goals all come from Spurs possession being turned Mm -hmm. over. Um, So in terms of like Dyer's and everyone else's initial positioning at the time of the turnover, that is where they're meant to be, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's their, that's their instruction, how to behave in possession. We've had the, the Dyer stepping up um, into midfields as a, as an angle to play through for a lot of this season. Um, so I, I appreciate like, yeah, they're positioned far apart, um, like vertically and horizontally, and there's mm-hmm. risk in that. But I don't think anyone is making an individual mistake. Now, after the turnover, um, when because of that turnover, they are in sort of um, precarious situations, they have like individually so like Tanganga, his positional reading, Dye, his 1v1 defending, um, Davies, his physical presence, the wing backs in terms of taking care of the ball in the first place, individually all very poor. But the main problem, like they, they didn't do any favors. None of them rescued any bad situations <laughs> yeah, yeah. at all throughout the game, right? But um, the the problem starts with us continuously getting the ball turned over in midfield. So Leicester. 
they sort of put a very minimal press on our centre-backs, invited passes into midfield, into the wing-backs, um, early balls into Kane, and just pounced on them again and again. And we looked flat-footed every time. Mm-hmm. Again, those those three centre-backs for sure, very flat-footed, but also our midfielders, also our wing-backs, also our forwards. Just a really, really flat-footed performance. You know, I've, I've done a lot of analysis this season on on how poor we are from second balls. Um a lot of this season and I think that we were even worse than that and I think that Rogers came not for the first time really specifically well prepared for that weakness and said look this is a team who are poor from second balls so we're going to invite adventurous passes into midfield pounce on them and then we're going to go at them 100 miles an hour um so you know fair play to them they did a really good job there but um yeah really really targeted our weaknesses in this game and and again our weaknesses does include the individual defensive quality of our of our um back three but i think that um you know if that is um conte's inter back line or conte's chelsea back line they probably still concede at least two of those four right i don't um, know just because... I, I just think tanganga and davies were so if the the Madison guy, I just thought they were so passive and just get up the pitch. You know, the ball the ball has gone on. The ball has gone in. Push up. Dyer is Dyer's definitely gone too far. But I just think the other two are so passive. They just need to motor up the pitch and squeeze the play. At least at least condense it a little bit. I just think there was they just left so much space that the turnover with just a tackle left us in all kinds of trouble. And I, I do think just I think Tanganga is a terrible defender. I think Davinson Sanchez is a terrible defender. And I, Ben Davies, I, I talk about about his story and his arc and the boiled chicken and I enjoy Ben Davies but he's a terrible defender and um, I think that was probably managed quite badly as well so I think it was just the perfect storm of terrible tactics terrible man- terrible players it's just terrible man management and uh, terrible transfer windows and it just combined for us to get slapped by Leicester <laughs> and um, it's a horrible feeling because we all thought something had happened and we were turning the corner and this was got us pushing into something different now and Leicester showed us just how easy we are to take apart just but I still do I still I'm still Conte in but we got to get rid of some of these defenders because they're just unable to play properly I I know what you're saying Bardi and I I agree that all three of these defenders personally I would happily see them all move on in the summer Dyer Davis Tanganga I'd be really pleased if we managed to replace them all in the summer but let's not forget that Dyer and Davis were prominent in our top four finish last season um, but Dyer does this, man. Dyer has these kind of moments where he plays good for six months. Jose comes in and he has six months where he's excellent, and then he just drops off. I, I, I honestly, I think, I, I think if you put him in Eddie in Eddie Howe's Newcastle, the way Newcastle are playing right now, I think he would slip in, and you'd think, "Wow, who's this guy? Where's he come?" He's, you know, Le- Leicester had Harry <laughs> Suter playing the, the Australian yeah. centre back, who. To be honest, may may be good, but he doesn't look any better than Eric Dyer. And we didn't we created what point two three expected goals in open play against Suter and, and Fess, who are you know not exactly a, a dream backline. They're okay. They're okay. But I don't... that's but you're you're using our ineptitude to, to to build up a defender. I think this game is your Viking. Everybody's praising him for for running around and buzzing at people against Man City. He was in a game where he needs to take control and control things. He was pathetic as usual. I thought I and thought he is, was our best player. I mean, 
I mean, that's not much of a that's not much of a praise. That's kind of con- condemnation with faint praise. <laughs> that's we that's got true. Beat four, that's we true. got beat four one away at Leicester, so being Tottenham's best player is is great. But I do think this is a situation that we have with Hjordberg. I think if you're playing low block and you're trying to shut down City, and all he has to do is run around and make a nuisance of himself, he he, he does gallop around a little bit and do that. But in a game where you need to control, and it it turns into a wild a wild match, he's unable to. Like control but things. I think this is the problem, though. I think this is the problem because under Conte this season, we have never had control. We don't have control. We, in in my view, deliberately give up control. We try to create transitional opportunities through through submitting to the opposition, and it's allowing it. it it's backfiring essentially. We're trying to create transitional opportunities for us to pounce on the opposition, and in fact, what's happening is they're pouncing on us, and we're just looking more and more exposed and. You know, Leicester had so many other other chances on the counter in this game. You know, even after some of the defenders were changed and you had Porro and Tanganga had gone off and Sanchez and Emerson Royale come on and Madison's still running them both ragged and creating a chance which goes narrowly over the bar. This is a systematic problem with the way we're we're playing. Um, Madison is good. Madison is a player we should have signed. This is a point I was going to make after what Nathan said where, you know, Rodgers came prepared. Their players are... Absolutely perfect for this situation. Madison has such an eye for a pass. He's such a clever player. He picks up space between defences and midfields so, so intelligently. Barnes is unbelievably direct. Good play. Um, uh, is playing with a lot of guard at the moment. He's a clever striker who drops off into space and with some great finishes as well. Um, and Tete looks a useful player. And then in midfield, you know, Dewsbury Hall is a, is a really useful passer, forward passer. So they're, they're, they're well set up and they're playing to their strengths. And I just don't feel we are. I don't feel we're playing to our strengths. I th- and I think that's been, Well, I, I, I think our strength should be should be high-intensity pressing football, front but foot. But who's got a high press? Which of the... Kane? Bentancourt and Huibia and Romero and Song Compress and Kulisevsky. I think, there, yeah, sure. But, but, you know, I'm talking about the season as a whole, not this isolated yeah. game. I think there's so much more we could and should be doing. And if you don't want to play high press, then then play some controlling football, but change the shape. Play three midfield. Um, what we've got at the moment is something in between, and it's it's just this. It's depressing to watch, frankly. It's so depressing to watch. This is. It, I think we've we've arrived at a point where we don't have we don't have an Antonio Conte team, and we don't have any kind of real identity to, to the to yeah the set of play. And I don't know. Does this is this. Is this Conte for failing to adapt? Because Conte, in his opinion, doesn't need to adapt. He has a he has a style. He has a system. This <laughs> yeah. is this is how I play, and yeah. you support me or goodbye. And I think I think it will end up goodbye because he wants to play a set. He's not going to change. No, he's no. um he's he's a he's a lunatic, and th- that's not denying. He's he's when it comes to how football should be played, it's his opinion, or there's no other way. He's not going to all of a sudden just go. Let's play four three three. Let's play maybe three five two, but I don't think we have the third midfield afford that so yeah. if Conte leaves this summer I'm pretty sure of that now because I don't think Levy's going to turn around and uh, his, his you, you think he's going to make it into the summer yeah I think he makes it to the summer I don't know how long we can continue with this 
Unless we get, unless once top, if top four is out of the equation, the FA Cup goes and the Champions League goes, then then he'll go. But otherwise, as long as Daniel Levy's shown this throughout his time, once as long as top four is still a possibility, he'll keep him in. And we're in exactly the same situation, I think, points wise and even results wise, this time last year after beating City. So I think I think Conte's still got room. I don't think he's going to sack him. The difference, though. Last year is that the underlying data looked so promising, um, you know. And Nathan produced the the rolling XG timeline uh, trend line rather yesterday, and everything's going the wrong way. Uh, There's th- Harry Kane's goals, as fantastic as they are, have um, have caused an issue with this team that we're not we're not creating. You know, Harry Kane's scoring goals, but I don't think we're creating opportunities for goals. If that's, and that's exactly what the data shows, yeah. that we're not yeah. creating goal-scoring opportunities other than Harry Kane doing Harry Kane things. Yeah. And I think that's that's the big problem here. There's been a, sh- a huge drop-off from Kulisevsky and Son and our wing-backs, and that's where the problem lies. <laughs> but, but Barney, what you're saying is there's been a drop-off from our front line, there's been a drop-off from the wing-backs, there's been a drop-off yeah. from our midfield, there's been a drop-off from our defence. And the goalkeeper. When it becomes that widespread... You have yeah. to look to the manager, and this is this has to be on the manager. I mean, Conte is a brilliant, brilliant manager. Has been a brilliant manager. Has achieved some incredible things throughout his career. But what he's doing right now with Tottenham, with even taking into account the fact that he hasn't been given Bastoni at left-sided centre-back, even taking that into account, he is underperforming by so much. It's this isn't I acceptable. Agree. I agree. With, I agree with you. But it's Tanganga, Davies, Dyer, and Forster. Like it's those. Look at those four. But they, look what Eddie Howe's doing with Newcastle's terrible backline. When he's got a better goalkeeper, better centre back, better centre midfielders, and decent and more than one striker. I I don't and think any still, of us would have said that before the start of the season. They're still absolute potato chuckers, low blocking, and top four is there. Top four is there for the taking. I I still think this is this is a mess. Tottenham's Tottenham's recruitment is a mess. That defensive line, it's it's a mess. And I agree with you, Conte should be doing better. And ultimately, Conte is responsible. And you sack him, fine, sack him. I don't give a shit. But um, I don't, he's not my dad. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get paid if Conte, with, with Conte getting a contract. For me, I'd rather Conte burns than Tottenham burn. But I still think that you need, you can't expect you can't hire Antonio Conte and give him Tanganga and Davison Sanchez. It's a madness. Nathan, is there anything you want to add at this juncture? Uh, I don't know, man. I just think this season has been over for weeks already. Yeah. Um, it's especially over now with, with Benton Core out. Um, obviously, we've got a Champions League knockout round against a team who are in similarly poor form, which is bizarre because, again, it, it feels like we're just waiting for the season to end. Um like literally two weeks ago, we invested 45 million euros in a specialist, in my opinion, a specialist to play under this coach, but we are waiting for his contract to run out. I think like realistically, like could a caretaker manager get us to top four? Probably not. Right. And and if they could, maybe, maybe what's the point. Maybe this is the new, ma- new manager bounce. That's the only, that's part. it. That's it. Isn't it? That's it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And I think that's what Levy is probably mulling over constantly at the moment. Like, would is it worth just trying it for the new manager bounce? Conte's only got six months left in his contract, so it's probably quite cheap to to pay him off, like compared to 
some of the other payoffs he's had to give. Yeah. But who um, who do you who do you put in just for the manager belt? Well, well, did you did you see Ozzy Ardiles tweeted a, a photo of of Mauricio Pochettino playing golf locally? Pochettino's not a manager bounce. That's just, you're gonna hire. You can't hire Pochettino. You hire Pochettino if you're gonna give him um, a team. But why don't you just give Conte a team? If you're gonna hire, if you're gonna bring in Pochettino, you need to buy players. So why don't you just keep Conte? Well, well, let, let me run this one past you because I, I think this is a really interesting question, and I think this is one reason why maybe it's time for Conte to leave. Um, Sean Lepard says. And the subject of this email was Conte's mental health affecting squad. He said, I know you've touched on Conte losing friends and feeling homesick on other episodes. I'm wondering if part of the dramatic downturn in form can be attributed to Antonio being visibly depressed and that rubbing off, as it were, on the players. I suspect it may not be a coincidence that our best performance of the year came while Conte was away. Further, if this is the case, what can be done about it? It's an extremely unfortunate situation for Conte and for us. And it's hard to see a short term solution when neither party is set back. And I think we've spoken before, you know, Conte has been through an unbelievable amount of personal trauma this year. Yeah. Uh, most recently, have to have his gallbladder removed at very short notice and being in a distressing amount of pain ahead of it. And he has um, looked, I mean, depressed is a good word. He's looked depressed on the touchline for quite some time. And I think at this point, he's looking thoroughly disengaged. He didn't make a substitution until the 75th minute against Leicester. We're getting run off the pitch by a team that we should should be beating. And he didn't turn to his bench and do anything until the 75th minute. Um, yeah. What do you think? Is, is, is this possible? Is it, you know, is it potentially a, a, a reason for our poor performances? Um, maybe, I guess, you know, I, I it, it would make a bit of sense, I guess. I think like, like I, I feel really bad for Conte, you know. He's he's had an awful time of things. Um and Truly. I can understand how if he's he's down that can affect the mood of the team, but like um I feel like he's so set in his way of doing things and he's so um obsessive with his his work ethic to the extent that he clearly returns to the sidelines sooner than he should, right? He should be resting. He didn't need to be there. He certainly didn't help us be in there, I don't think, right? <laughs> he should have just been resting. He should have stayed in Italy for a week and and relaxed. Um, yeah. I just feel like his dedication is there, is what I mean. Yeah. And I think that that matters more, perhaps, than just his mood. Um, I'm not saying that, 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 that... I'm not ruling this out. I just think, um, like, the... The tactical and athletic ideas are existing there um, in a way that sort of transcends his time at Spurs right now. The poor guy does need to take a break, though. <laughs> like, he is... The summer can't come soon enough for Antonio Conte, and he needs some family time and some time away from, from his job because he has been through a lot. Well, don't be shocked if he signs with a Serie A team <laughs> in, in in August. Mm. Mm. Um. One other thing I wanted to mention was set pieces. So the the thing that did go well for us in this game was set pieces. Yay. Uh, Nathan, where would we be without Gianni Vio? Um, we probably would have sacked Conte, so at least you'd have that mean. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We are once again partnered with Athletic Greens, so over to Bardi. I started taking AG1 because my health is important to me. My health needs to be able to travel with me, and I need it to be available at all times. Tomorrow I'm going to Milan, and even though I'm looking forward to my Peronis, Panzarotti's and sausage sandwich outside the stadium, I want to know I have backup. A better backup than Tanganga and Skip. (laughs) I've got a travel buddy who will not let me down and make sure I'm taking on all the vitamins and minerals I need so I'm not ruled out for the season. Have AG1 in your corner so no matter what happens, you've got a first choice ready, not a championship squad player. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. And Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash extra inch. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash extra inch to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So, Bardi, you are off to Milan. Mm-hmm. How, how are you feeling about your trip? Um, I'm looking forward to eating a nice pizza and hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing Il, du- Il Duomo and spending some time in, in Milan city centre and I, I, I guess I'm looking forward to the game as well. Are you I looking s- forward to seeing Oliver Skip and Pat Metasar in midfield? It does remind me of the, the time I went to Dortmund and I saw Josh Onema and Tom Carroll line up in city. <laughs> it's exactly the same <laughs> thing, right? I'm getting those kind of vibes. But yeah. I sat down to watch Milan on um, on Friday night and they were miserable against Torino. They they had no shape, they had no ability to attack. They they scored a goal simply because they punted it in the box and Giroud did what Giroud does and also the fact that Torino were terrible. So I was watching that Friday night going, this is going to be good. We're going to smash Leicester, go to Milan and have a great old time. And now um yeah, now I'm a little bit more concerned. Mm. Yeah, so Rodrigo Bentancourt is out for the season. This is this is this is terrible news. Um, he's had a really st- strong few months. Um, I mean, basically, he's been good ever since he joined, but he's really like improved. There's been parts of the season where he's looked exceptional, and he suffered a, a serious knee ligament injury, unfortunately, against Leicester. Uh, Hoybier is is absent for the Milan game. Uh, Basuma is going to miss six to eight weeks. Harvey White, who might have been one of the backups, has been loaned out to Derby County. So we are literally down to Saar and Skip for this one. And who knows who the next midfield backup will be? Maybe. So you weren't joking. You, it, it, it's going to be Saar. It literally it is to going be. to be Saar and Skip. <laughs> Had you not, had you not gone on, no, you're, yeah, you're going to be watching Sar and Skip, and um, and Alfie Devine is going to be on the bench, wow. and maybe someone like Brooklyn Lions Foster, uh, 
or Rio Chiamatan might be uh, possibly as as backup on the bench. You You're know, just we, making we, up names. We're now. down to the bare bones. People. We're down to the bare bones. It's not great. I honestly thought you were taking the mic. I didn't, couldn't even. I must have at the time when Shoibia got. Is he must be suspended then? Yeah. Mm, yeah. I must have at the time when Shoibia got that yellow against Marseille. Thought to myself, excellent. <laughs> and now, now I wish it. I wish he hadn't got booked. Mm. Nathan Bentancur is a huge loss, right? Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Don't know what to tell you. Otherwise, to be honest, man, it's uh, it's an ACL injury. Expected out for you know six months or more. Um, some players never return to their best after That's an ACL it, injury. It? That's it. And you, you've been you've been um, questioning some of the fitness of our players. Mm-hmm. And now they're dropping like flies. And now they're dropping like flies. Do you, do you think that's linked? Do you think there's something going on here with the, the way we train and the number of injuries we've started picking up after heavy workload? Um, probably, probably, probably not. Not definitely. Not like scientifically because dealing with tiny samples and such. Um, I think you look at the trouble that um Liverpool are having with injuries yeah. this season. Obviously, they have an aging squad. Um, they've been playing very intensive for quite a while. And coming to this season where there's too much football in the season because there's a World Cup in the middle yeah, of it, yeah. there has been too much football for <clears throat> several seasons in a row ever since um, the season was stopped for the pandemic. There's not been a, a real break, uh, not not significantly enough. And um, all of those are factors before I'm trying to blame Conte-specific training methods. Mm. But also, I, again, strongly believe um that it it's not a coincidence that our only good performance f- for basically the entire season has come after the fact has come after a nearly two week break for several of our several of our players mm-hmm. and that we we looked so flat footed so fatigued after fifteen minutes um even after a full week's break in this Leicester game mm. with knowing that we have a a Tuesday game coming up. But the the injuries are Basuma, who's barely played, Lloris, who's a goalkeeper, and then fair enough. Sessignon uh, injured as well. Yeah, again, six to eight weeks, it looks like. So we're one Perisic injury away from the Emerson left wing back experiment that I mentioned a couple of weeks awesome. back. Um, which is not, I mean, you don't really want to be relying on a 34 year old to play two games a week for six weeks. That's not ideal. So I, I guess Emerson Royale is going to have to cover some left wing back, um, which incidentally makes. Paying off Matt Doherty look an even more terrible decision instantly. I I hated that decision <laughs> at, the, at the time, but I hate it even more now. One injury later, oh, man. yeah, this is this is not good news. Um, Cronescast said, "Could this injury crisis be Skip's breakthrough? He hasn't had nearly enough minutes this season, and now presumably will get starts. If Dyer starts over him, surely it's over for him under Conte. Because there is some talk that Dyer might step into midfield and, uh, oh, and play midfield. I can't I can't imagine that would happen. And no." Nah. Surely it'll be skip, right? Think so. Think I'd, so. I'd rather play Romero in centre mid. Just let him run around. He wouldn't survive. He wouldn't survive more than sixty minutes. No, that is true. He would absolutely have, yeah, a yellow, uh, reds and yellows all over the place uh, if Romero plays centre midfield. Um, I would say this isn't a good environment for Skip or Sar to be brought into right now. Sure, the, the team is really struggling for shape and consistency. Um, confidence. So throwing in two young midfield players together who have played very little all season is is not going to be. I can't see ending well personally. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, so we have lots of additional content this week. 
Um, both Nathan and Bardi have, have done Milan previews for the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash extra inch. Nathan, do you want to talk, talk us through yours? Yeah, so I did a sort of bit of a dive into Milan's style of football. Um, what went really well for them last season, um, they won the league, and what's going badly for them this season. And to be honest, I think a lot of it is, um, a significant amount of it is that they were really quite lucky last season, and they're really quite unlucky this season, and that they play a style of football. Um, they kind of need luck to be on their side. They... they um, game state matters hugely for them. So Ooh. if they're a goal up, they can, uh, you know, this this is somewhere Spurs have been in the past. If they're a goal up, they can manipulate that to their advantage. Um, if they're a goal down, they're in trouble. Ooh. And they are conceding from the first shot instead of scoring from the first shot this season instead. Um, so I had a bit of an exploration into that, into their style of football, into their, their pressing game, into the limitations of their possession game. Talked about how uh, how I think that tactically that all of that can suit us, potentially. Um, looked at their defensive set piece weaknesses. I think there's, there's good options to... Um, um, they they use a zone a fairly passive zonal line. So I think if you can squash them into their goal, into their goalkeeper, then the space at the near post that's sort of a step back is a, is a good place to be setting up runners. So hopefully we're preparing something like that for them. That bodes well. They uh, they are also having a bad time with injuries this season, um, and they're in a a position where um, in the summer. You'll be shocked to find out that I think Milan's recruitment is quite good. In the summer, they brought in a bunch of um, players who could really be helping them this season because their issue is is chance creation from open play, right? They brought in um, Serginio Des, they brought in Manic Tior, they brought in Shada de Ketelare, um, who could all be helping them with that, but because they're not great pressers, they don't start. <laughs> um, their injuries are now getting so bad that Tior is starting to play the game <laughs> um, and, and they're benefiting from that. So, you know, good for them, I guess. Um, but also part of the reason that Mac Tior is starting is because they uh, and, um, they switched to a back three. So I looked at their most recent game at the time of recording. They're actually playing as I was editing, um, which was the Inter game. And they played the back three and they dropped a lot deeper and they just tried to sort of make the game a non-event uh, uh, and play stodgy anti-football. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they did it again against Torino. And as, as Bardi was saying, sort of yeeted it into Giroud for a 1-0. And then there wasn't a lot of football outside of that moment. Mm. Um, so I think that that's the game plan that they're going to come with. They're going to come with a back three. They're going to look to sit deep. Um, when really that's what I want us to be doing to them. So two teams who don't want to play football and mm. are doing a very bad job of it, mm. um, abandoning the ball in midfield. <laughs> and Bardi had a conversation with Nima Tavali Rudsari. Yeah, I sat down to chat with Nima. He, I, many of you remember back in the day when we first signed Conte, he was part of the. We, he was the reason why we all got so excited when we signed Conte. So we we chatted Milan, but then the conversation also moved on to um, Udoji. We talked about um, we talked about the Milan keeper. We talked about what to do when you're in Milan this week, uh, this week, um, such as eating sausage sandwiches and touching the ball's balls. And then we talked about Conte in general. Um, yeah, so it was a nice to catch up with him. And I also released the quarterfinal special from Championship Manager 0102. Find out if Spurs can make it through two quarterfinal games in UEFA Cup and the FA Cup. Lovely stuff. 
So plenty of Milan content, which of course isn't just relevant for this coming game, but is relevant for the, the next one as well. Um, again, it's patreon.com forward slash extra. We've had lots of signups recently, so thank you everyone who supported us. Um, you, you keep us doing this, basically. It's, it's really appreciated. Uh, this is Nathan's job, so it's really important that we, we get support from, from people via the Patreon, and we appreciate it. You have been listening to The Extra Inch with me, Windy, my sidekick and best friend, Barney, and our tactics guy, Nathan If you like this, there's plenty more at patreon.com forward slash The Extra Inch. Production is by Nathan A. Clark. Our logo, artwork and website are designed by Trayton Miller. Our music is by David Lindmer. You can find him on Instagram at David Lindmer. Do check him out. He's great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us at podcast at theextrainch.co.uk. Subscribe, leave us a rating and a review. And most importantly, be sure to tell all of your Spurs friends. Shout out to the X-Subs. We love every single last one of you. And of course, come on you Spurs. Thank you.